Yes, well, good morning once again, downtown community. If I missed you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at DCC, and uh, I'm excited this morning uh, because we are beginning a new series. And today, um, I always forget to say this, but we're recording um, from Nimbus Arts Center here on Warren Street. And we have had the privilege to be, be here um, for most of the year recording this, and I'm very thankful for that opportunity. And so, uh, yeah, so today we're beginning a new series, and, um, and we're going to be, just like we kind of always do, but we're going to be talking about your heart and who you are and, and some really important things that I believe if you lean in, that it will be life-changing for you. And if you've been with us this year, not too long ago, we did a series on work, and many of you have been saying how that was incredibly impactful for you. And I believe this series has just as much uh, ability to be that impactful for you. And so to help set this up, I'm actually have invited Julian to um, come and to answer a couple of questions for me. And so he's still got his microphone on the stand. So welcome, Julian, once again. All right, all right. If our, our five people that are here in person, there you go. Okay. And um, Julian, I just want to help us get into this series. I, I just want to ask you a couple um, questions, just three questions, nothing too personal. Okay. All right. So hello, uh, just, hello. Short, just short answers. And you guys can hear them. Okay. Good. Okay. okay. So Thanks. just short answers, nothing too big. So first question is this, nothing too personal. Where, where do you work? What, what do you do? Where do I work? Like or company? Yeah, yeah or just what, either one. What do you do for work? I work in marine insurance. Marine insurance. Yes. Like for boats and stuff like that? Yeah, vessels. Vessels. Uh, okay. Yeah, terminals. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And that's like an international company, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. That's right. So great. Thank you for that. And so um, second question, nothing too personal, but how much money do you make? <laughs> like annually? You don't. Yeah, I, I can. I cannot disclose that. Oh, that's too. Per, that's too personal. Okay. All right. Let me. Uh, all right. Let me go on to the second, third question. What are the names of all the people that you've dated, and and how did it work out with every single one of them? I don't remember. No, just kidding. <laughs> is is that that's too personal as well? Real, that's, oh, I, I will plead the fifth. Plead, okay. Okay, well, um, all right. Well, thank you, Julian, for your time. I appreciate you. Hey, guys, give Julian a hand. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, for some reason, talking about money makes people nervous, right? Um, and so if you've guessed, just based on that statement, that's what we're going to be engaging over this next four weeks. Um, and some of you like are excited about this topic because you love, you love to talk about that. You do it in your job; it's part of your life. You study it, whatever else. But um, but some of you are like, no, like no, no, like this is nothing that we don't want to talk about. And so it's it's fascinating, like with that or relationships. Uh, if you're ever talking about sex or money or anything like that, these are topics that are that are usually intensely personal for us. And so. Hey, it's like, yeah, where do you work? Well, I work at this place. I work for an insurance firm. It's international, does marine type of stuff, and, and blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, well, how much money do you make? And no. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. That's an intensely personal topic or conversation, and you need to be in the right environment to just kind of say that out loud, and for many good reasons. 
And so it's a topic that we don't actually then engage that often. And so it is really important that we do that. And so the goal of this series, as we begin to engage this, is not to be like, hey, we need money, because that's usually how religion is, is talked about it in the sense that, you, that how, you know, we need to give money. for. That's not the goal right here. The goal is to engage your heart, because this is something that we should be talking about, and it's extremely important, especially because if you don't think about it, it will just happen to you, and you'll regret decisions that you make. And so what we're going to try to do is turn this around. We're not going to talk necessarily about money. Let's flip the script. We're going to let money do the talking to us. So this is a series essentially called If Money Talked. If Money Talked, we're going to let money do the talking for us. So we're going to have some fun with this. Let's not be too intense, right? And so um, we've you know, connected to resources that we're connected to, and I've hired money to come and to actually talk to us. So, so we're just going to take uh, two minutes here and let money share with us. So here we go. Thank you for calling Money. I'm here to give you financial advice to make your life better and you better at life. This is Money. How can I help you? Karen, what? Get out of here. Karen, we have not talked since your piggy bank days. How are you? Hello, this is Money. It's a great day to be green. Yes, the environment is important to, uh, I was referring to green, the color of my shirt, which you cannot see, uh, and the fact that I am the embodiment of money. Uh, I should get a better slogan. Absolutely, Kevin, I can tell you your net worth right now. It's nothing. Yeah, no, like 0.00. But listen, hey, even though you're technically worth nothing in like, you know, dollars and cents, did I ever tell you how much our friendship means to me? It is this much. I don't know, Karen, at the end of the day, what's the real difference between the 10 and the 11 Pro X? Whoa, three lenses. We just have to tool around with your financial plan, but we can get it, all right? Yeah, your security code is 616. Oh, you just bought it just now, that was quick, okay. Uh, well, can we talk about your new plan? Karen? Karen, hello? It's weird as if you like hung up the moment I said plan. Uh, you spent $72.34. Can I just say, that's a lot of McFlurries for any one person, you know? Listen, Sonia. I know we've been on the rocks, but I don't want to give up on us, okay? I'm just asking that you check up on me every now and again. If you don't talk to me, I can't help you. Leon, hey, oh my gosh. That's a lovely boat, man. A power boat for a power man, and that is you, buddy. Yeah, uh-huh. You want to buy it? <laughs> That's a good joke. Oh, you're serious. Okay, um, well, if we do want to go ahead with it, we're going to have to make some changes. Uh, so that probably means no more food, shelter, or water. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, you're right, it's a gorgeous boat, just like you. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you later. You bought that boat. <clears throat> Look, it's your money at the end of the day, but I'm just trying to give you advice to help your Washingtons become Lincolns, you feel me? And then those Lincolns can maybe one day become Hamiltons. And then those Hamiltons can become Ulysses S. Grants. That's the 50, the $50 bill. Mm -hmm. And then those Ulysses can become Benjamins! Woo, woo, woo! Oh man, Karen, you're the best. No, you are. Uh, no, you are. Man, I'm so glad we took the time to reconnect. Let's do it again sometime soon. How about tomorrow? All right.
right, so last I heard, Karen has already upgraded to the new purple 12X Pro X or whatever. Anyway, uh, 12 is 12. I think it's just 12 Pro. Anyway, um, the new purple one is out, so there you go. Okay, so uh, there you have it. If money talked, what would it say? How would it engage with us? That's what we're going to kind of engage with this series. And so usually, usually you're the one telling your money what to do, right? So you're like, hey, buy me some groceries, get me some takeout, get it here by this time, or pay the rent, do this, or pay this friend, or send this person money, or go into savings, or invest in this thing, or buy me this phone, get me this thing. But what if we allowed our money to speak to us, to talk to us, to pull up a chair and give us advice? It's really important that you kind of begin to think about money. Your money is speaking to you, giving you a picture, and helping you see some things. So what would our money say if money talked? My guess is we wouldn't be too surprised, right? It would be common sense advice. It would be like, hey, you've got this much money. There's these expenses. You should do some of these things. You should spend money on these things. You've got that. So yeah, that's good, but you should also save. You should also give. You should also do some of these things. It would be common sense advice. What might be surprising is that the parallel between what our money would say and between what Jesus would say to us about money. Because when we've been confronted with what we think Jesus would say about money, it's really been, we would, it's been kind of, we think, it would be like, you need to give me your money. You need to give me this, you need to give me this. But that's not what we see Jesus engaging. And the parallels between what our money would say and what Jesus would say are really similar. You'd be surprised. It's really interesting about Jesus' teaching is that he actually said more about money than he did about heaven. Jesus said more about money than heaven. He actually talked about it a decent amount of time. But he wasn't after people's money. That's not what you see Jesus saying. He was after something else. And I mentioned it earlier. He was after their hearts. Jesus was after their hearts. And that's what this is really about. He understood what controls us and the, the role that money plays there. And he cared deeply about those that he was sharing with and that he loved. And so he wants you and I to know those things. And so when you have spare money, you've got a job and things have eased up, what do you do with your spare money? Now, maybe this year has been tighter for you. Some of you have hit harder financial times. You've, I know some of you within our church family have had reduced paychecks because of the impacts of the pandemic, and I don't know how that's going now. And so maybe, uh, you know, because of your situation, you got a stimulus check, and suddenly you had that spare money that you were always wanting. And I'm just, you know, what did you do with that? And some of you, you know, were not able to get the stimulus, and you were probably like, man, I wish I could get that stimulus money because then there's this thing that I would use that for. Like, you already know what you could use that extra money for, 
But the thing is, if you're not getting the stimulus, it means that you're making a certain amount of money and that you should technically have that, but then you're probably still like, I wish I had extra money. Like, we always could use spare money. No matter where on the spectrum you might be, but for most of us, even in hard circumstances, especially in this country, and especially compared to the rest of the world, you have spare money. So what do you do with that? You plan for vacation. You spend it on vacation. Or, I mean, some of you around here need a, probably need a car, and you do that, or maybe you've added that, or you upgrade your phone if you've if you've got an apartment or a place that you own, maybe you do a renovation, you upgrade your kitchen, or you, you, know, you engage a financial planner, you begin to invest, or you buy new things, you, you spend it on yourself, you're pampering and, and uh, doing all these things, whatever it may be, like you find ways to spend, you've got spare money, so what do you do this, what do you do with that? But most of you would probably say, I don't have a lot of extra money. We've got all these things, things in our pockets. I've got keys to things. I've got a phone. That's not a phone, but I've got a wallet with several things in my wallet. But we still don't feel like we have a lot of extra. And the reason that you don't feel like you have extra is greed. It's greed. And you're like, no, I'm not greedy. Who do we say that's greedy? Greedy is some guy across the rivers in the top of some high rise, right? That's who we say. That's the greedy person. He's got all this money. He's keeping it from us, and he's, he's hoarding it, and whatever else. Like, we talk about that. This certain person, those are the greedy people. Yeah, that person might be greedy. But greed is not that. Greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption. Greed is the assumption. You are assuming that it's all for your consuming. Both of those phrases rhyme. That's amazing. All right? Here's the thing. Greed has nothing to do with an amount of money. It has nothing to do with an amount it has everything to do with an assumption about money. You can be poor and be greedy. And if somebody pours money into that situation, all it does is just begin to show in a greater way the greed that you had in your heart. And greed can play out in a couple of different scenarios, maybe in ways you wouldn't even think. Because you can spend all your money... Or you can hoard and save and pile up your money. Either way, you're making the consumption assumption. And what is that? It's assuming that every dollar that comes to you is meant for you to spend or save or hoard on you. That's is greed, that all of it is for you. And this is a key principle. And each week we're just going to look at four principles that I believe are so important for you and I to look at. Yes, me, 
I also need to hear these things. Assuming that it's all for you to consume. That's what greed is. And Jesus stepped in and said, that is a faulty assumption. That's not what will bring you happiness or meaning. And he stepped in and pointed into an entirely different way to view our money. And that's the step that we want to take today. I want to bring you to this really incredible passage. This is found in Luke 12. Now Luke was someone who, who went and interviewed tons of people who were with Jesus. He was able to write a detailed account of Jesus' life. And so we take the Gospel of Luke, and we've made it into chapter and verses, as many of you obviously know. And so this is found in Luke 12. And Jesus had been teaching to this large crowd, and he was teaching about all kinds of things, and he's engaging them. In the middle of this teaching, this dude, like, stands up and asks this question. And I think that the, the, the apostles and someone who's sharing this story, they wrote this down because just this one really stood out. And this person is there, and Jesus is a great teacher, and he's got this kind of authority then, and he's like, I've got to have this question. And this guy is pissed, not at Jesus, but about something else going on in his life. And so he steps in, and it says, while Jesus is teaching, this is found in verse 13, it says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, hey, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. To which it's like, wait, what? It's almost like a comedian's being heckled. Like, what did you just say? And like, sit down. But Jesus didn't tell him to sit down. Um, He's like, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Uh, You know, if you've ever had any kind of, if if you've had a a parent or a relative pass away and money's been left, that can cause a lot of friction in families. Like, I've I've seen this done in in pretty intense ways, and it's a lot, it caused families to divide and all these different things. And so it can get pretty intense. So he's like, hey, tell them, to share this, he's pretty mad. And so Jesus' response is pretty, pretty normal. He's like, man, and it said, that's the, the, the translation here. Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? He's like, but Jesus then warns him. Because he sees what's going on in his heart. Here's what Jesus says. He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. A simple sentence that is huge for you and I to take in. This chapter is amazing and we're going to come back to it a little bit later in the series. He says, watch out, be on your guard. And this is something for you and I to know. The apostles, they wrote this down. They was, this was told to Luke, and Luke wrote this down so we would remember these words. It's so easy to fall into the trap of living life or living as if life is nothing more than accumulating more and more things. Even if you're not trying to do that, we just fall in that trap. We just keep 
adding. There's always a better way to do something. There's always something that can improve, a better piece of clothing or something wears out. And even though we've got a closet full of clothes, they're no longer good anymore. Like we've got to, to send them out somewhere and fill it up again with something else. And we're not saying all these things are inherently bad, but our heart and our attitude toward them can be. And it's easy to fall into that trap. Yet, most of us, almost everybody that's listening today is going to run out of time before you run out of money. And all the money that we accumulate, all this stuff, won't even be mentioned at our funerals. That's not what they're going to talk about. They're going to talk about you and the meaning that you engage life with. And so if money talked, if it talked, it would say, hey, I can add meaning to your life, but I'm not the meaning of life. I should get the dude who was doing the money stuff earlier. I, I, don't, I don't know who that is, but, you know, he would say it much better than I would. I can add meaning to your life, but I'm not the meaning of life. And those two are very, very, very different things. And obviously, as you read that, but what we believe in our hearts and do and say and act can be completely different. And so we have to be reminded. That's why we need to have a conversation about this, that we can learn the difference. Money is not the meaning of life. It is a means. It is a tool for you and I for doing something meaningful. It's not the meaning, but it is a means for us to live our life. It is a tool for us to engage and go after life for doing something meaningful. So what if when you had some spare money, which is an interesting phrase for us, especially for many of us who live downtown, when you have spare money, you asked a question. And you asked, how could you make it to make it a means to something meaningful. When you have spare money, how can you make it a means to something meaningful? That is a question of purpose, and you're beginning to allow your money to talk to you. All these financial assumptions that you have Govern the way that you manage or don't manage your money. And so if all this talk about money makes you nervous, if you're fidgeting, don't change the channel, okay? Because it shouldn't. It shouldn't. You know why? Because no one who applies what Jesus said about money ever regrets it. No one who lives that out, takes his advice seriously, begins to engage their life with it, ever regrets that. There, it's incredible principles 
that will bring you joy, that will bring you meaning, and will help you enjoy like and do things with it that you wanted it, want to do with it, and your future, you'll be able to do things. You'll never regret it if you pursue His principles. And if you are a Christ follower today, you're someone to say, I am pursuing you, I am following you with my life. If you are a follower, a devoted follower of Christ, and not inviting Him into the realm of your personal finances, You can't be. You can't be a fully devoted follower of Christ and not have him engaged and invited into that conversation with your personal finances. It doesn't work. You cannot follow God and money. That's something that Jesus said. And that creates tension. And that's the tension we want to engage in because you, you want to give, you want to do these things great, but then Amex comes and it nudges you a different way, right? It nudges you away from giving. It nudges you away from meaning. And it's pulling you towards something else. And so I just want you to know, hey, this is a really big deal. This is something we need to pay attention to. And this goes way beyond the realm of personal finances. This is about who's in charge of your life. It's about whether your life will be full of stuff or perhaps full of meaning. It's whether your life will be rich with stuff or rich to the full with meaning. That's what this is about. And so financial issues really are spiritual issues because they reveal who's really in charge of your life. And who and whose you are. So this week, DCC, this week, have a discussion with your money. <laughs> I want you to look at it, to let it talk to you. And I want you to look at how are you consuming your money? That's the question that we're going to ask this week. Let's let money talk. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much, Jesus, for loving us to engage us with money, with these ideas that we still need to hear and to know and be reminded of today. So I pray for us that we would not back away, but we would lean in, knowing that you want to bring out a rich fullness of meaning in our life, and peace and calm and security when it comes to our money, whether we have a little or a lot or somewhere in between. Father, we thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.